Hello everyone, welcome back to an online talk. Now, while I'm waiting for my, my guest, uh, I just want to play a couple of videos. Uh, I want to give credit to uh, David Beryl for sending me this. Uh, if I can bring it up, where are you? And I think it's an awesome video to watch. So, enjoy. It's a short video, but I think this is a, a lot for the, the fan base and a lot for what we stand for uh, and how we feel about our club. I honestly think that video embodied everything. You look at the players there uh, who, who we've had the, the honour of having on the hollow pitch. We've also had the managers, uh, Bobby Robson, Kevin Keegan, um, Rafa Benitez. We've had some great on the field and, and in the dugout and managing. And you, you look at Sir John Hall, um, who has been probably the linchpin of all that. He's the one that stopped that era rolling, really. But yeah, we, we can all dream again, hopefully, when this table goes through. I'm still 100% positive that this will happen. Uh, the Premier League don't have a like to stand on. So, yeah, uh, just as I said, I mean, I'll, I'll play this video with Richard Masters. If that's the best they can give, then we've got this in the bag. Here we go. The Premier League remains in dispute with Newcastle, who have since secured their survival to the Premier League next season. Your reaction to them staying up and is there anything more you can tell us about how those talks those legal disputes are going well they have they're in the premier league and they'll be pleased about that but there's nothing i can say about uh, about the takeover or any talks so there you go richard must has been very you can see it in his body language he was very nervous about all this and if you're going to put your CEO of the Premier League in front of a camera. They've got to be able to carry themselves better than that, honestly. That's poor. That is poor. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm, what I'm going to do is play my intro because my guests shouldn't be far away. But here we go. So yes, welcome back to Number Nine Talk. Yet again, I have been away. I have had to deal with a few things uh, behind the scenes, which has been difficult. But uh, yeah, we're back now. Um, just, just want to say I will be in the northeast uh, from the 29th. So if anyone wants to meet up for a beer, a drink, chat, I'm, I'm always, um, always around. So. I uh, just want to give a shout out to my last uh, sponsors. Uh, I know they've been not happy with me recently, but oh well. Unfortunately, guys, th things are the way they are. So uh, I want to give a shout out to NUC Hotspot, makers of pin badges and uh, memorabilia for Newcastle United. Um, I've, I've had a lot of chat with these. 
they're bringing out some exciting stuff. Uh, we've we've recently seen the uh, Callum Wilson uh, pin badge come out from NUSC Hotspot. Awesome. So if anyone's interested, uh, please hit them up. Please give a like uh, to their posts. Please spread it far and wide. Uh, they're, they're a small business. Uh, we should we should be um, supporting these these businesses and uh, also footytells.co.uk makers of this beauty. Uh, I still like this. I want one of these. So footytells, if you're watching, send send me one down. I'll be very grateful. <laughs> and it also comes in a microfiber beach towel cover. So. That's that. That's brilliant, and I, I, I love these guys as well. Um, who else have we got? Which I haven't said for a while. Boy, bubble hats. Now, I've not heard much from them, which I can say I'm disappointed. But they are great, great people, and makers of, of good um, products, uh, socks and hats. So, guys, hit me up. Let's get this move forward, and we'll we'll keep it all moving. So, let's talk about mental health now. Yeah, I said I've been struggling recently, uh, possibly with mine. That's why I've been away for a while. Uh, I have three, well, four kids who struggle also uh, with mental health problems and at the moment with COVID and with um, I find this very difficult with with COVID and everything else that's going on in the world and also social media has a lot to play with people's people's mental health why why have we got to come on to social media and belittle people uh, make people feel like the worst ever. I'm, I'm not into that. I'll, I'll, I'll go on to social media and spread positivity. I go out there and I say, let's do this. You know, Let's go out there and, and enjoy life. Let's go out there and make the best of everything. But then you have people, sorry, hold on, I've got, I've got some comments. Uh, right, okay, so not original. Hi, how are you? Frosty Queen. Yes, Iceman. <laughs> not original again. Iceman, how are you? Well, yeah, just, just to carry on from what I was saying, it's not good enough. It's not good enough from people uh, in, the, in the communities. I mean, I mostly get... Obviously, because I'm a Newcastle fan, I get most of my um, tweets from the northeast, and I also I'm also on TikTok. I'm, I'm on many different platforms. But what I don't want to see is, is people coming out and belittling people. It why would these these people that come on? To your feet and say you're ugly uh you're a waste of breath you're a waste of space you're you should kill yourself no well this 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 is not good enough from 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 a, a human race let's change this we need to change this yeah <laughs> great guy Say hello, Moose, to my friend. Who's that? Hello, Moose. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm, I'm divulging from what I was saying. Can we please spread the positivity? Why, why have we got to argue? Even as a fan base, why have we got to argue? We can all have a different opinion, yeah? But that doesn't mean we have to attack each other having a difference of an opinion. I got a different opinion. I put out a tweet the other day and I says, uh, let, let's have Sunderland and Middlesbrough in the Premier League. 
and I was ridiculed for it. And I was, I was, I was probably ridiculed for it. Do I care? No, because what the problem, my problem is, uh, it wasn't a football-related thing. It wasn't. It wasn't to do with football. It was to do with a struggling and on its knees area, and it's the northeast. We get the least amount of support from the from the government. It's just laughable. And you know, I, I had a message saying, "Well, you walk around sun, it's a shit hole. Of course, it's a shit hole." What what else would it be without investment into that area? You know, you can walk around parts of Newcastle. It looks a shithole just because we don't get that investment into the area. Now, if, if we have this takeover, that can very easily change and very vastly change. But that's just in the Newcastle area. Now, what about the, the northeast as a region? Let, let, let's change this. I mean, I, I, I live in Derby at the moment. And I went around the town centre because I hardly ever get out. Unfortunately, I, I don't. I hardly leave the house. And uh, I walked around the Derby City Centre and it was desperate. It really was desperate. And there's, there's areas in Derby City Centre that used to be a lifeblood of um, of the... of. The, the UK, they used to have, I don't know whether anyone can remember the pink coconut that was in Derby. People used to come far and wide just to go to the pink coconut. And uh, people enjoyed going to that. I mean, we used to have um, the likes of Mel B and Mel C and uh, Mark Morrison and a lot of celebrities used to go there. But it, that, that was the place to be. But you go down down there now and it's dead there's nothing there and and there's a lot of businesses or small businesses that are dying because you know it, it's all about Sainsbury's it's all about Morrison's it's all about you know the online companies we, we need to be showing more love to you know the, the small businesses the, the breakout businesses the ones that actually spend personally uh 20 hours, 20, 30 hours, 40 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours a week just to make it a success because they put their money into it. But anyway, run over. I've, I've had me run. Uh, let, let's talk about Mr. Bruce. Does, does, he, does he deserve his, his praise? Does he deserve his accolades? But it all comes from the usual suspects, the journalists that we all know. Um, you can list them off very quickly and very easily. Just let me get rid of that comment. Um, who else have we got here? I'm, I'm getting... Yeah, spread the love, yes. Very inspirational. <laughs> well, I try to be. Okay. So, hell to the no. <laughs> From Frosty Queen. But, yeah. Really? Uh, Steve Bruce, does he deserve his, his accolades? Does he deserve... Yeah. Possibly he does. Uh, you, you, can, you can understand what he, he said on one part. We lost a lot of our play. We lost a lot of... Um, with injuries. Because we lost St. Max, we lost uh, Wilson for a bit, we lost Miggy, we lost um, Richie out of the squad due to spats within the club. You know, we've had Lascelles out, who's the captain. A lot of people are not big on Lascelles. But yeah, he's still our captain. And could Richie do better? Yeah, possibly. He is our unsung captain. Could you say that? He is our unsung captain. But at the moment, with Ashley uh, being, you know, tight as a nun's funny, it's, 
it, you can't do anything about it. And you know, you look at the managers who have been in during Ashley's tenure. They haven't had that much investment, have they? I mean, even if you say Bruce has had, what is it, 85, 90 million pounds uh, invested in the squad. But then Mulvey lost during that as well. I mean, what, what has been our net spend? What has been our eventual overlay? And I, I don't think it's a lot. I think it's about what seven million um penny pinching by ashley it just does it he's not really had that money he's just had a little bit of that money but with net sales and net spend if you wait up he's had next to fuck all and that's the way it always will be so uh, does he deserve what I'll say when excuse me I'm, I'm my head's still fried and and I'm, I'm struggling to to put across everything but if, if you bear with me I, I do apologize um Bruce deserves a little bit of accolade he, he deserves a little bit of um a little bit of love maybe but is he the answer for Newcastle? No, he hasn't. He, he never has been. But he's kept us in the Premier League twice now. And not one of us could actually stay and put our hands on our heart. We knew that was going to happen. Not one of us. Now, I can also say with... Um, what's his name? The assistant that come in. He's, he's done his part. Uh, is he is he a manager? A lot of people have said that you know get rid of Bruce, bring in, uh, bring in, bring in the other fella. I don't know. I don't know. You, 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 you can't do any worse, can he? Or he can't do any better as well, because he'll even if we are with Ashley next season, you still have his hands tied behind his back. And that, that's the that's the end of it. it you're just not going to get any investment. And that's not just in the squad. That's not just in uh, the stadium as well. The training ground, um, training centre. Um, what, what money's gone into that? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, where are we? I've lost when I was again. I, I, I do apologize, guys. Like I said, first day back. I'm, I'm just not not at the races today, but anyway, uh, where are we? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the dynamic person that everyone wants, but unfortunately, Callum Wilson. Let's go into Callum Wilson, let's go through the squad. Callum Wilson, when he came in, £20 million. An absolute steal, an absolute bargain. If he'd stayed fit for the whole season, what, go what goals could he be on now? Uh, could he be on the 20, 20, 20 goals, maybe? 15, 16. Hmm. He could have had 15, 16 goals this season and he's been a breath of fresh air. And we've also been talking about uh, the fact we've had Willock in since January. Has he changed the dynamic or did he change the dynamic of the team? Yes, he did. Because he was someone that wasn't scared to get himself in there. I mean, I look at the likes of Rob Lee. I look at the likes of Lee Clark. There's many midfielders you could say that arrive late in the box to pick up them goals. And I can see Willock being just that. And I've spoken to Rob Lee and I says, you know, can you go down there and sort out our midfielders? Because not one of them, they're all terrified to get themselves in there. They're terrified to arrive late in the box to pick up a loose ball. 
to stick in the back of the net. And we've, we've just not had that. Shelby's not like that. He, he, he's someone who plods around. Okay, he, he has worked, I think, the last two matches and put himself about there, but two matches is not a season make. And it, it disappoints me that he's that way. He's not quick. He's not, you know, this dynamic midfielder. But what he can do is unlock a defence. What he can do is um, make the best of, of something. But we've not seen that since Benitez left, maybe. Because even Benitez had his... Uh, but he's had his second thoughts about them because he, he was left out of the squad. Um, big Joe, as, as he put in a shift in the last six months, I think he has. Um, he's been someone who's just been there and uh, put in a, in a in a bit of hard work. You, you can't say that he's he's not. He's not worked hard for the team, but a striker he is not. And he never will be. But he's starting to look a bit more dynamic, a bit more putting himself around there. And not a lot of people would agree. You can disagree with me all you like. Don't care. But there you go. Um, but I, th I think over the past... Uh, four months, I think, is putting a shift, and he's been left out a couple of games, which I think has has also benefited Joe because when he's been out, he's come back into the squad and looked better. It's taken that pressure off him. I mean, how old is he? Twenty, twenty-four. He's he's still kind of young. Maybe he should be doing a bit more, but. Beggars can't be choosers, and if, if you really want to make a player out of him, he needs that that standoff. He needs to be able to sit down and, and take the price tag off his off his neck to take the number off his back as well. He needs that rest and to need well not rest, but he needs that respite away from the limelight. And I think every time he's gone out the team for a couple of games. He's come back in and he's, he's done well. Uh, Ashley, it's a terrible ah. photograph, I know, but that, that was our owner, but hopefully not for much longer. There's nothing I'm going to say about him because, really, we all want him gone. But anyway, I'm going to come on to Martin Dubravka. Uh, after that, I know it's a bit erratic. I do apologise, but Martin Dubravka is our number one. But I can also say that Darlow at the start of the season, I think it was immense. I think he did really well. Okay, by by the end, Darlow looked tired. Darlow looked jaded. So it was the best time to bring Martin back once he was fit. But we, we can't take anything away from from Martin at all, uh, from Darlow at all, because we worried and we fretted because he was going to be our number one keeper for what, for at least, was it eight weeks, nine weeks? And he did well. And when did Martin finally come in? Just after Christmas. So he had a good stint and that's what you need. You need two excellent goalkeepers, which we have in Dubravka, who is excellent, and we've got Darlow, who is always chomping at the bit to be um, to be number one as well. And it's great to have that rivalry within a squad. I mean, you look, you look at our midfield, Shelby, Longstaff, Hayden, once he comes back from injury, um, you've got Maxi in there, but is it is he a midfielder? Possibly not. But at the same time, 
there isn't enough in that midfield at all. Uh, there's there's no dynamics. There's there's nothing to. To make the squad, but midfield would be what needs to be upgraded next year or next season. I think we should be looking at midfields, which which is strange for us to say because we were buying midfielders at one point, left, right, and centre, and we we're all screaming, going, "Why are we buying this midfielder? Why are we buying that midfielder? Why are we buying this midfielder?" You know. The strikers, we need, we need someone who's going to score 15 goals a season, man. Why are we buying a midfield? But it, it obviously shows why, because we just don't have a midfield. Um, you know, you can go to Richie, Richie's a great player, he's, he's our quiet, quiet captain, if you want to call him that. But, um, is his legs still there? Could he go to, could he have gone to Bournemouth? Bournemouth have come back up. I think he might have. Yes. Oh, hello. Hello, Pete. He's here. Hey. You saved me from rambling. I'm telling you. No, I apologise. Um, little one. Uh, just woke up, so I was uh, trying to set him back off to sleep. How are you? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I I've had a few problems recently and I've only just been able to get back. My, my head my head is fried. Um, I've honestly not been able to keep up with everything football and Newcastle related, so I've just kind of been piecing things together, if if that works. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always difficult because sure. at Newcastle, it's, yeah, yeah. it's always changing all the time. So Yeah, it is. Uh, what I wanted to, uh, to say was, Mr. Bruce, what, what, what's your thoughts? Does he deserve any accolade or any praise for what he's done? I, I, me personally, I think he does deserve some sort of some, some sort of something because he has done that. And and none of us thought when when he first came to the club, we were all looking doom and gloom. We were thinking, right, we're going to be relegated either this season or next season. But he's, he's kept us in there. But then, okay, you can say he had help with Jones as well. Uh, what would be your thoughts? Um, it, it's a difficult one because you can argue that Steve Bruce has managed to turn it around. Um, and... He, he, you know what, he has turned it around and, and he's had a very, very good end to the season. I mean, you look at some of the teams that we've played in, in the latter end of those fixtures and we've only lost a couple of games. You know, the Arsenal and the Man City game, really, that are the ones that, that stand out since since Brighton. But we've played Tottenham, we've played West Ham, we're high-flying, we've played Liverpool, we've played Man City, we've played Leicester. You know, we've played some really, really good sides. And, you know, for to only have two defeats in that and and to be, you know, at the time of Brighton being three points in front of uh, Fulham to now be 17 points clear of them by the end of the season. I, I just think, you know what, that's a fantastic, like, turnaround. And she, you can't do nothing but praise him. And, you know, he, he deservedly got the manager of the month for, for April, you know, because he, he got those results. But... You know, I can't help at the back of my mind just remember the, the the absolute dross and the frustration that we all felt, we all did. I remember, you know, you were on social media as I was around December, January, February time where he was making bad decisions with his choices of, 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 of team selection. He was, you know, getting it wrong with his formation. He was getting it wrong with his subs. And, you know, he, was, he wasn't doing anything right. And the fans, would put, the fans would go mad. And we knew he needed the likes of Matt Ritchie and Sean Longstaff and even Matty Longstaff. And he was just refusing to pay, play them. And it's just, you know... It just gets to a point where I can't help but think of all those frustrating things that he's done over the season that kind of override the the, the, the the good end of the season. But, you know, he does deserve a little bit of praise, but there's still a lot of work there to do um, in order for me to be convinced about Steve Bruce being manager of the club long term. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not 
A fan favourite is certainly not what the club needs, what the club may need in the future. But what, what he has done is maybe steadied the ship, hasn't he? He's, he's kept it ticking over. And ultimately, you're absolutely right, Dom. And ultimately, you know, he'll, he'll argue that that was what his remit was when he got given the manager's job nearly two years ago. You know, he could argue that that's what his objective was, was to keep us ticking over, to keep us in the league season upon season. Um, obviously, we'd become accustomed to Rafa Benitez wanting to and telling us he wanted more for us, that he wanted us to be top off, that he wanted us to be challenging for Europe. So to go from that down to just being satisfied with staying in the league is was not okay for his fans. And it might be okay for Steve Bruce because that's ultimately when he's been manager of a Premier League club, that's what he's been used to. But we don't want to just be that. You know, we're a big enough club to want to at least be in the top half of the table. And challenging and that's where I think Steve Bruce has really sort of lost his way because you would expect and you and I and everybody else that supports this club would expect that Steve Bruce being a Geordie, Steve Bruce that talks about being on the terraces and watching the games as a kid mm -hmm. would know what the fans want but it just he just doesn't seem to understand what the fans want he want we want a team that 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 are trying that, that are being competitive, that are playing relatively attacking football. We're not asking for the world. We're not asking for world domination. We're, we're just not. But he seems to keep putting it out there that that's what we are looking for and we're looking for things that are unrealistic. And that's where it really surprises me that a, a Geordie, someone that knows the community, knows the city, was born, of, born and bred in it, doesn't quite understand it. It, it just doesn't get... I just. It makes no sense to me. And that they're the kind of things that I think, you know what, I, I've not got any time for you, Steve Bruce, because you know, you've not you don't seem to have the time for us. Yeah, it's I mean you look at his pretty much um conferences and he comes out and he's always picking up the opposition. And it, it bores my blood. Why why does he do that? I mean, is it to catch them off guard? What what's he doing? He's, he's, play, he's playing the percentages, uh, is what I like to call it. He's playing the percentages because what he's doing, he is talking up the team that he plays against, regardless of who they are. So we know that he's talked up the likes of Sheffield United, West Brom, Fulham, um, and other teams around us, the likes of Brighton's and Burnley's, talked them up like they're, they're world beaters. And the reason he does that is because... If we do get beat, he's got an excuse. He's got an excuse, oh, they're a good side, I did say it, blah, blah, blah. And he's got that to fall back on. But the other side of things is, is that a lot of these a lot of these people within these clubs and that are associated with these clubs are his mates. And he's just he, he's just he's being nice for the sake of being nice to keep friendships tight. So you look at the likes of Sam Allardyce at West Brom. You know, you look at the likes of, you know, Scott Parker, who he talks about got, having a good relationship with. You know, um, uh, Wilder, before he got sacked at Sheffield United, he was, you know, waxing lyrical about him. Um, Sean Dice, more recently, before the Burnley away game, talking him up big time. And to be fair, Sean Dice was talking him up, talking him up big time as well. Uh, you know, he's got all of his mates in the game and they're all in and around him at the moment. And, you know, he, he he tries to keep people on side. And by keeping people on side, that's why we're getting press conferences like that. Um, it's, it's a bit embarrassing, I've got to be honest. Um, it doesn't help motivate the fans. I imagine it doesn't help motivate the players. Um, I'd be surprised if the players even listen to his press conferences. But they are, they are very boring and very much the same. But... Ultimately, that's because the, the the press conferences are done over Zoom now. They're not done in the flesh. And I think if they were in the flesh, I think there'd be a lot more tougher questions being asked of Steve Bruce. But he's getting away with it at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's getting away with, well, we've had the return of fans, but for the final home game of the season, uh, where we had, what was it, 10,000 fans at the time? Yeah. But what, yeah. what I'm glad at, I mean, okay, there was, I heard there was some booze, there was some, um, 
directional things to to Steve Bruce at the end of the game. But I was glad to, to hear that everyone cheered on uh, the, the team itself, and it was it was good to hear actual real crowd noise in 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 the ground as well, instead of all this crappy artificial. Oh, the, the artificial is just getting apps. It's, it's so frustrated now that it was, I was getting to the point where I was just watching it without because it was it is obviously so fake and so delayed. It just it just actually ruins the, the experience of watching the football game. If I'm honest, so it was really really nice to see uh, fans actually in the stadium and you know you know when you, it's not just the cheering, it's the chants, it's the songs of your club. You know, the Newcastle songs against Sheffield United, you know, they were singing them for 15, 20 minutes. It just reminds me when I'm, I'm in the away end and, and we're just chanting for, for, you know, for 10, 20, 30 minutes songs over and over again. It was just, it had that away day feel to it, even though it was a home game, because everyone was just enjoying the fact that we were, everyone was together again. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd have loved to have been there. I know you would have as well, Dom. Uh, it would have been fantastic to, to be in that that stadium and, and feel the the sort of the atmosphere of everybody. Um, and for me, it, at times, it really gave our players an extra 10%. But, I mean, there's no there's no comparison to having a full stadium, you know, 52,000, you know, going mad, chanting, screaming, supporting the team. There was, there was no better place for me in the Premier League than, than that. And hopefully... Hopefully, the restrictions will be lifted so that come August, we're we're all back in and, and we can all access it because um, I think that's what we need now after, after a year or two. Yeah, it would certainly boost um, not only the club and the players, it would boost people's morale as well. You know, people in the northeast, you know, during lockdown and... Uh, being furloughed and you know people not having a lot to do you know it has played on people's um, uh, mental health as well so I, I think also that might play a, a good part of being back to normal and being part of you know going to see your mates you know going to you know pre-match drinks and then going to the match after them and then going out for your, your drinks after and it, it, I just think it would help vastly Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, I, I, can't wait, I can't wait to go back to. Um, I can't wait to go back next season. At the earliest opportunity, I'll be definitely looking to get to to get up there or, or to get up north and, and just even just soaking in an away day. I mean, we're lucky enough that we've got uh, around us. We've got quite a few, quite a few Premier League away days that we can we, we can get to. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to get to one of them and actually in soak it in and enjoy the atmosphere again um really really looking forward to that uh, and, and it's what we, it's what we need more so than anything it's the final it's the economic side of things the financial side of things as well getting everything back up and running again the travel the you know the getting fans into the state and paying for um you know confectionaries and all the rest of it it's it's, it's all part of the 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 day uh, the enjoyable day so really looking forward to that yeah um, play the play the year, or play the season. Who is it for you? Um, there's there's a there's a couple out there. Um, but for you know, you could argue that Willock over less than half a season is coming in and really like put a claim out there for for player of the year. But for me, because of his goals, uh, Callum Wilson, um, first season. Uh, in in black and white shirt, um, you know, we've been crying out for a guy that 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 not just talks about scoring goals, that actually backs it up. And you know what, Callum Wilson's backed it up this season. People will argue about, oh, he scored a few penalties here and there. That's what strikers do. Strikers find any way to put the ball in the back of the net. But the key is, is actually putting the ball in the back of the net. And, and you know, having that year of Joe Linton with all the hype that went round him and unfortunately he wasn't the man to get the goals. We brought a guy in, £20 million, luckily in my opinion, because we were lucky that Bournemouth went down and he was injured for the back part of that season. 
So we we benefited from from their misfortune. And um, we've got a guy that knows where the goal is. He's 29 years old. You know, he's still got some life left in the, left in the game, certainly at the Premier League level. And providing he can stay fit, providing that his hamstrings are in good nick going into next season, I fully, I fully, fully expect Callum Wilson to be pushing for 15, 15 plus goals next season. I really do. I just think, yeah, you know, he, he's he's got that motivation now. He wants to get back in the England squad. He wants to show people that he's a Premier League player um, and he can still do the business. Um, he's been hampered with injuries. You know, he missed ten weeks with his hamstring injury. And they were all games that he could have really scored goals in. You think West Brom, Villa, Wolves, um, Brighton, you know, um, I think there's, I think there might have been one more that I'm missing out of that. But there's, there were games in there he could have got he could have got goals from. Um, and he missed a huge chunk of the season. And I think the full season under his belt, he could be absolutely flying. Yeah. Uh, we've also heard rumours about this fella here. Uh, Arsenal looking at him. Just saying. Uh, between, between, what was it, 50, between 50 and 70 million, I think, was quoted. Now, could could we sell St. Max to Arsenal and take on maybe a, a cash plus player deal with Willock? You know what? Arsenal won't be the only team that are looking at him in the Premier League. There'll be a number of teams. I I, I, I reckon that Tottenham will be looking at him. I reckon West Ham will be looking at him now they're back in Europe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the likes of Chelsea are looking at him. Um, honestly, I, th I think there'll be a lot of teams looking at him because he's just a guy that just really lights up the Premier League. You know, for a, for a very defensive-minded team like ours, he he doesn't off, you know, show his attacking flair, and he's he's a hot commodity. There's not many players that that, that play football like he does. You know, the the way he travels with the ball, his dribbling ability, his pace, um, his ability to strike a ball. He's just, you know, he's got creativity. He's got good vision. He's he he's still young. He's only twenty four years old. He's he's got so much left to achieve in the game. Um, there's so many teams after him, but I honestly don't think he's going anywhere. I don't believe Arsenal will use. Uh, sorry, I don't believe Newcastle will sell him to Arsenal as any sort of makeshift for Joe Willock. I think if Newcastle want Joe Willock, they want Joe Willock and ASM playing the same team. But I think equally, Joe Willock will move because ASM is staying at Newcastle, not to replace him, because those boys enjoy playing together. They've already showed it when, when they're together. They are such. Um, a force. You throw Callum Wilson in there. You throw Miggy Almiron in there. Okay, you've got players there that can hurt teams. And if they regularly play with each other next season, you know, they could really, really cause some damage along with a couple of other additions. So I don't see him going to Arsenal. I don't see him to go, going to anyone this summer. Um, but yeah, you're looking at you're looking at the benchmarks around the sort of the 50, 60 million mark. I, I talked on match day live yesterday about um, Everton. Everton paid a hundred million um, for two players, both 50 million, Richarlison and Sigerson. For me, ASM is better than both. Um, and if they're going for 50 million from their respective clubs, Watford and, and uh, Swansea, there is no doubt that, um, that we can demand that fee and maybe a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully expect him to stay. Uh, he, he's, he's our talisman. Uh, he's, just, he's, just, he's just generally an, a good human being as well. He just, seem, he just seems like a good guy. You see that from, from his social media. just seems like a genuinely nice guy. And you know what? There's not too many of them in football. So, you know, and we've definitely got one. Just a question there from Jordy Talk. Do you get emotional seeing Joe Willicks? Thank you. Video on Instagram. Now, when 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 I joined you earlier on, because you get you caught me with me uh, me, me Neil Neil Mitchell's down, you know. But uh, it was it, it was a video that 
I mean, he, he's got to put something like that out because he is an Arsenal player. At the end of the day, he is an Arsenal player. So he's kind of got to put that out because he's got to keep his options open to the fact if he went, well, well I want to stay at Newcastle, you know, that, that's closing the door on Arsenal. But then yeah. if, if he wants to play for Arsenal, of course he does. He's, he's a young lad and he wants to play for a, a, a top, top club. Of course he does. But then he's got to say something to, to be, well, I'm, I'm at Arsenal, but whatever happens in the future will happen. But, you know, that, that's that's my thoughts on that video. What is yours? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier. I mean... I, there was a lot of there was a lot of like uproar and frustration or or upset with 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 what he put out in terms of you know the goodbye. But as you said, Dom, and you're absolutely right when you say it is that you know the season's finished now. As soon as that ninety minutes, as soon as the final whistle went, he then becomes an Arsenal player again, uh, and so naturally, with the type of guy that he is, he's going to want to say goodbye. Um, you know, you can see from every interview that he's done, he genuinely is happy at Newcastle. He has loved his time at Newcastle. He loves the fans. He's appreciated all the support because, let's face it, he, he's never got that at Arsenal. He's never got that sort of love and, and affection and, and adulation for, for the efforts that he puts in on the pitch. But he gets that in Newcastle. Newcastle understand him and he, I think he understands them. He understands us as fans. And I I don't believe that that's it. You know, he said his goodbye because, as you've said, he's, he's gone back to Arsenal. But I think there's a little bit left to run in this. You know, it, there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks that Newcastle are going to go back in for him. Um, and they are going to put a bid in to try and get him, you know, on a permanent deal. And I do believe that will still happen. But... As I've talked before, there is there is a, a small matter of of a Newcastle takeover that still needs to be resolved, and as soon as the season finished on Sunday, that then became the priority. So the priority now is securing the future of the club, and by securing the future of the club, that is by getting new owners in and the the PIF Ruben Brothers um, and, and PCP. They're the ones that need to secure this deal. You know, we will know a little bit more by the time the boys get back into pre-season. So around July the 1st, um, the first two, three weeks of July, we will know where we stand. Okay, because at that point, we're going to need to start making some signings. We're going to need to start rebuilding. Um, and we're, I think we're going to have an idea about whether we're going into another season with Mike Ashley or whether this takeover is going to be done and signed off, ready for the new owners to come in and stamp their mark before the season starts. So, I think either way, he comes to the club in some way, shape or form, or we certainly put the feelers out to try and get him. I think if Mike Ashley knows he's going into another season, uh, committed to you know Newcastle United, I think he then goes out of his way to, to make a statement and, and, and stick to his... He's, um, what, I'm trying to get the words out. He has, he has a certain of type of signing. They have to be young, uh, ideally British, uh, with some sell-on value, uh, and he he fits the bill 100%. And Mike Ashley's always, always, always said, if they fit the bill, doesn't matter how much they are, we'll pay the money. And, he, you know, and, and I believe that he'll do it. Um, if we get a takeover, I think the deal is a formality. I think it, it gets done straight away. And I think Joe Willett comes to us. Why wouldn't you if you're under new owners who have got bundles and bundles of money that are looking to make us one of the biggest clubs in, in the world? Why wouldn't you come to us? Um, so the, you know, I'm not getting too down about it yet because I think there's still a lot there to play for. Yeah. Uh, talking about the the impending takeover, hopefully. Um, we've got this video. It remains in dispute with Newcastle, who have since secured their survival to the Premier League next season. Your reaction to them staying up, and is there anything more you can tell us about how those 
talks, the legal disputes are going? Well, they have, they're in the Premier League and they'll be pleased about that, but there's nothing I can say about, uh, about the takeover or any talks. Now, that, that was very telling, wasn't it? That was a telling video because you could see how uncomfortable the fellow was, really. And coming on, coming on to, to takeover talks, and obviously we've got the cat um, and the arbitration going through at the moment. Listen, listening to Keith or Keith Patterson from uh, the NCSL, they haven't got a leg to stand on, really. You know what? The more and more the information comes out, the more and more it, it, it drags the Premier League and, and, and Masters and Hoffman through the mud. Um, because more and more is, is the more and more the information comes out, the, the more the finger pointing uh, is aimed at those boys. And, you know, you go back to that video, Dom, and um, Richard Masters does not look happy. He really does not look happy. He doesn't look happy about the fact that he's been asked the question. Because let's remember, Sky are their biggest supporters in the Premier League. And the fact that Sky have asked him that question outright, where it was, I think it was live at the time, so there was no way of him getting out of it. There was no way of it being edited. There was no way in which he could escape answering that question. And you just looked genuinely pissed off that he'd been asked that question. And, you know, he kept it brief, but... You can imagine after that that Brian Swanson would have probably got a few words from Masters behind the scenes about being asked that sort of question. He looks under pressure. He looks under pressure because, you know, I've, as, as the weeks have gone on and the more and more information that come out, it's looking more and more obvious that the Premier League have done nothing but try and delay this deal for as long as they possibly could. Um, and they have just tried to delay, delay, delay because in their mind, they thought and they still believe that the longer that they delay, the sooner the PIF will say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going off and I'm going to buy another club. And that's exactly what they want. They want them committed in another league, in another part of Europe um, with their money. They don't want that money in the Premier League. Um, the Qataris don't want them in the Premier League because um, the Premier League is the biggest the biggest league in the world and ultimately Qatari uh, through BN Sports pay for the Premier League rights so they will effectively be paying the PIF money for being in the Premier League every season so their money from the Qataris are going into the pockets of the Saudi Arabians and that's something that they are not comfortable with um, so look we just I've, we just have to be patient and I know it's hard because we've been patient for nearly 14 years. We've got to be patient for a little bit longer. Okay, we need to see, yep, yeah, fingers, toes, whatever you can, cross them. <laughs> and because the arbitration is not going to take long. When it starts, it can take between one and seven days for, for, for the case to be heard. It, it, we have to maybe wait a little bit longer for a verdict or for a decision or an award or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then if we're lucky enough to say, right, yeah, we win, uh, and they do the sort of owners and directors test and all that stuff again, that could take two to three weeks. So th there is a period of waiting, but we just need, we need an answer more than anything. We need to know what direction this club's going in because the club's been dying for a while now and we're left literally in limbo for a long time and we need to know what direction we're going in um and this is it now it's make or break this summer has to be the defining moment for this club it really really does yeah um i mean you you look what what uh the premier league is taking away it's not just the the club it, it it's an area and an area that I put out a tweet the other night. You know, you, you look at Newcastle, you look at Sunderland, you look at Middlesbrough. It's it's the northeast as a whole. The northeast gets probably the least amount of help from the government than anywhere else in the country. Now, you know, you look at a table going through that was going to promise some sort of uh, revitalisation. 
uh, money into into Newcastle itself as well, which could have benefited many many people. Uh, you know, creating jobs and creating um, you know just just to uplift the whole whole area as well. And that that's what the takeover has taken away. And I think the Premier League have, have kind of okay. This is about a football club, but it's not. It really isn't. It, it that's not what it just is. Sorry, I was I was rambling there a bit. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, I missed that last bit because it it, 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 um, it oh, crackled. Yeah, yeah I was just saying it, it, this isn't just about a football club. This is this is about an area and a heart of an area as well. Um, but it's everything to us and the fans. It doesn't matter where we live or what part of the country we are. Um, if you're a Newcastle fan, it's the it's the heart of everything that you care about. And if you've ever been to the if you've ever been to the city, you know, I've been lucky enough to to go there many a times. It's it, it's one, it's an amazing place. Two, it's got amazing people there. I mean, uh, I, I've I've said it you know, ever since I was I was a kid, and I've been going up to up to Newcastle to watch games. Is that Newcastle has got the nicest the nicest people in the country. Um, the nicest, most friendliest people in the country live in Newcastle. Uh, whenever I go there, um, I'm always I'm always treated well. I'm always treated with, with with respect. People are kind. People are open. People want to talk to you. It's just how it used to be. The world's changed a lot over the years, but but you, you go up north. The further north you get, you get the more real people you meet, and. Um, it's just a great place, but it's being it's being left behind financially, uh, the north by by you know, London and, and and your southern your southern southern places. They tend to get all the finances. They tend to get all the money um, for redevelopments and all the rest of it. And and that for me is where the PIF and the Rubin Brothers and PCP come in because they're looking to redevelop the the area. They're looking to to kind of invest a lot of money into the city and the community, which will create houses, jobs, which will create new lives for people. You know, um, um, unemployment will, will naturally take a drop. Like there are so many positives to this deal coming through. And none of that is regarding football. All of what I've mentioned has got nothing to do with football. The football thing is, is, is the one that we all want more than anything. But the way in which it will just change the city you you put that redevelopment into the city. You start, you know, what making new houses or building like um, entertainment things that are going to attract more people to the city. Okay, then you throw the football side in it. So you throw in the fact that we, we hopefully then become more competitive. Newcastle is going to be even more of a place where people want to come. Because let's face it, people love to come to Newcastle, particularly for a night out. They love it. Um, and they love to be in and around the city, but you throw a successful, thriving football team into that mix, and you've got a you've got a very unique part of the country that everybody's going to want to go to, and that just creates the popularity around it. Um, and it's just such a fantastic opportunity that nobody thought would happen. You look at if you've ever been to. If you've ever been to the Etihad, if you've ever been to Man City, uh, and, and um, to watch to watch Newcastle play, and if you've ever been to the surrounding area, so you can get a tram in uh, to just outside the um, the Academy Stadium, which is the Academy Stadium is just as good as any League One, League Two, some Championship stadium. It's that good. Uh, and you look at the, some of the facilities that they've uh, and the housing and the way they've redeveloped that land. That land was just wasteland before, and they've made it into a popular, thriving part of the city of Manchester. Um, and it never and it never was previously. They could do that on a on an even bigger scale in Newcastle. Um, so you know the likes of uh, you know um, um, Neil Mitchell and um, and you know. Steve Rafe and Steve Hasty, and when they talk about these things, they're not just talking about it for the sake of it. They're talking about it because it genuinely is something that that could be a massive, massive plus to this city for tens of years to come. 
not just in the short term, in the absolute long term, generations to come, it could completely revamp the way that people look at Newcastle as a city in this country. Yeah, yeah, I thoroughly agree with you. Right, so we'll finish off with um, a mark out of 10 for the season so far. I mean, you, you, were, you were the very first person on my show and that very good against West Ham. 3-1, wasn't it? Do you mean the first game? Yeah, of the season? first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two 0 two 0 It was. Two nil, yeah. And from from there, I mean, we we both sat there and we thought, yeah, we, we could do something here. We could actually have a, a good season. But then it all turned very sour the very next game, didn't it? So. You know, look, looking at the season as an overall, what what mark out of ten would you give the whole season, as it as it is? It's oh, a good question. It's a good question in terms of mark out of ten. Um, if I was being kind, I'd give it a six, but. I would probably say it would have to be um, a run-of-the-mill substandard five. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, yes, we had a good end to the season, but if we'd have, if we'd have stayed consistent throughout the season, I could have seen us being the top half of the table. Exactly what we, what we wanted, exactly what Steve Bruce said he was looking for. I honestly believe we could have got top half looking at some of the results that we let slide uh, against teams like Fulham at home, uh, 1-1, Sheffield United away, Palace at home, Leeds at home. Um, there are others, you know, you've got, your, you've got Wolves at home that we probably should have won. You've got Villa at home, we probably should have won. You've got West Brom away, which we probably should have won. You know, you've got those games. I've talked about six, maybe seven games there where we could have, quite easily got three points. We get those results, we are bang up there. Um, and I just think mm-hmm. Bruce had decisions um, at, at a crucial point in the season, particularly with the quarterfinals of the of the Carabao Cup, which is unforgivable, what he did for Brentford, uh, the Brentford game. I just think, you know what, it could have been so much better. So, uh, a five for me uh, for the season. What about you, Don? What do you think? What, what would your... What would your um, assessment be? I, I, I mean, look, I mean, for for me, I think it's been another another strange season. I mean, you, you look at the teams uh, around us and maybe slightly above us. They've, they've had they've had an inconsistent uh, seasons as well, and I, I think if everyone was, you know, up to, to top marks and top notch, then I, I still think we still would have been fighting that relegation at the end of the season, if not already in it. But uh, I, I would give it probably probably the same. I mean, uh, a low five for me, to honest with you. But it's, it's finished off quite nicely and we're thankful for it. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. And, and you know what? I, I think we all agree that after the Brighton game, we all thought the worst. We all thought that we weren't coming back from it. So the fact that we've managed to finish the way we did in some of the wins that we got, you know, the West Ham win, uh, the Leicester win in particular for me, were, you know, definitely win of the season. Um, you can't you can't not be happy with that. You know, finishing the season with back-to-back wins. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, finishing in a, in, in a in a half decent position. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for dropping in, Guy. Uh, you've been it's been a pleasure, and thank you to people who have watched my show. Uh, also, thank God the season is over. We can all relax now. <laughs> Definitely, but Dom, <laughs> Dom, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Honestly, thank you for allowing me to be on the show the first time. Um, and and a few times since then, um, like I say, always a pleasure to come on and chat with you. Um, you know, you've done some great work with your channel, 
um, and it's ever growing and, and will continue to grow. No doubt about it. So keep doing what you're doing, mate, because it's good. Yep. Thanks so much, mate, and catch you on another another time. No problem, mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bye. Well, thanks for Pete for dropping in. Uh, I just want to finish off, just to finish off the season, to finish off the channel for this season. We will be back um, with the rebranding as well. So I just want to play a video that I was very graciously given. And I think I love it. And I hope everyone else loves it too. So I'm going to run it out for the end of the season. Alvida Zane! Oh,